Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, an exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back. What episode are we on, ladies? We are on episode 24. All right. <laughs> I'm so excited. We should introduce ourselves again. My name is Shama Sangeeta, and my voice sounds like this. Very cartoony. <laughs> I am Shamali, and this is my voice. Hello, hello, internet familia. <laughs> and my name is Priya Darshidi, and this is what I sound like. All right. And if you love our content and love our podcast, please follow us on Instagram at my. Modern Yogi Podcast. At Modern Yogi Podcast. At Modern Yogi Podcast. And yeah. if you have any questions, concerns, complaints, anything, <laughs> just slide into our DMs. <laughs> we'll be sure to address it on our podcast. Perfect. All right. So we're going to introduce this new segment at the beginning of our episodes <laughs> called... Ah, uh, yes. Golden Nuggets! Yeah, so at the beginning of each episode, you know, we've covered so much ground, so much philosophy. We decided to kind of throw a little golden nugget of wisdom at the beginning of every episode. So, ladies, here's the golden nugget for today. So generally, a good place to start if you're listening to this podcast, it's pretty safe to infer that we've all taken interest in these ancient texts, and they explain, they're all building up to this knowledge of we are not the body, which is made of temporary material energy. Rather, we're a soul, a conscious, eternal spark of spiritual energy that spreads this consciousness throughout the body. What does that mean? Okay, so we might be <laughs> Latino in this life, Black, Chinese, we might be an African-American woman, we might be a whole bunch of different things, but we are not this body. We might, in our next lifetime, reincarnate into, you know, another body, a yeah. German body. Um, well, give me, help me out. A Latino <laughs> body. Indian. Jamaican body. Jamaican ah, body, yes. right? <laughs> we can be so many different things. So what happens at the time of death is that we, our soul actually, which is forever, our souls will reign Eternal. and never dies. Right. It goes, right. it transmigrates into another body. So um, when Shumley says we are not the body... We aren't the body. Right. It's that soul that's spreading the consciousness throughout the body. It's what gives it life. Like this, this dead vehicle otherwise wouldn't be animated. And if you think you're just the body, you're so much undermining and limiting yourself because we're an eternal conscious mm. soul that's full of happiness, knowledge, and bliss. It's so much beyond what you can even wrap your head around. Yeah, this concept of the soul isn't just like for us human beings, like animals have souls too, right? And right. and kind of if you think about reincarnation and the process of it all, we probably were an animal at some point in our lives and mm -hmm. we've kind of gotten here to this human body and then hopefully the Bhagavad Gita can help us so that we don't have any more bodies because the reality of it is our bodies get sick, mm -hmm. they get old, it is painful, we suffer, and mm. then we kind of die. So we're kind of like trying to learn this transcendental knowledge, yes. right? The whole name of the game is to is to get out of this rat race. Kind of yeah. like in Mary Brothers, right? Like we have to like elevate to the next level, break this cycle of birth and death and go to a place that's higher. Yeah, and in the Gita, you're going to hear so many times, we're not this body, we're not this body, to the point where you might feel like, okay, I get it, I get it. We're not the body. I've heard it a million times. But my spiritual master always says there's a difference with hearing it and really yes. assimilating and living it because you can hear that concept a million times we're not the body but to really live by that principle Ooh, it's that's so hard, hard because well, I, like let's be honest guys we're going down the street we 
consciously or unconsciously, we judge all the time mm-hmm. just by just looking at someone. You know, or even like, ourselves. I was yes. about to say, yes. even, ourselves, even ourselves, like people as they get older, mm-hmm. all kinds of cosmetics, the whole industry out there is to hold on to this everlasting yes. youthfulness. But Our body like, needs to be exactly as it was as old, but it's never actually the same. It changes mm-hmm. because the soul is really what's eternal, right? right. And, and the how different would the world be if we saw each other as souls, not yes. just as bodies? Mm-hmm. Just imagine how many wars that are started on the basis of skin color, on the basis of religion. You know what I mean? And it's like all of these things are temporary. These are all just labels and they're all just so silly to fight over because we're going to die and we're going to reincarnate into something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So these temporary things, they do not matter. Mm -hmm. So that is your little golden nugget in our segment called Golden Nuggets. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We just came up with that little jig a few minutes ago. We apologize if it's not great. Um, And if it is great, you're welcome. You're welcome. welcome, Okay, so guys, we are on chapter number four, text number 19, but we would love to give you a quick summary of what we talked about before. Yeah, so basically, um, we're talking about transcendental knowledge. Krishna is sharing like the the real stuff. He's like, here's everything you got to know in a general sense. He's like, First and foremost, most people tend to worship demigods. That's not necessary because you got me and I am right. like the CEO. And if Beautiful. you, you know, you give me the the results, everyone else appreciates it and benefits from it. Right. Right. Hmm. Then he's kind of like, um, I made everyone. Yes. Just letting you know. Right. Krishna like, is the creator. I created everyone and they were created based on the goodness, passion and ignorance. The depending on like if you're Latino, you probably have a little more passion. Yes. <laughs> right. And just like that. Right. Like he made every single person according to what their desire was, because we all came here from desire and mm. we are all affected by work. And this this word work is uh, referencing karma, right? So yeah. like what we do and what we receive back in return. Every action we take creates some sort of reaction. And mm. Krishna's like, it's kind of complicated. It's a little bit hard to explain. But a couple of things you should know is one, I'm not affected by it, right? I'm Krishna not affected. Krishna is above all of it. Yep. Yeah, Krishna's like, I made all this stuff. It's not does not bother me at all, Yeah, right? Like I don't, everything I do is more so for for experience sake of, he doesn't yeah, he's not affecting else. anyone right yeah yep. it's for everyone else that's right um so and then this, the, the word like karma actually in sanskrit means action right, right. right. so Which, that's action that okay. was all chapter three was uh karma yoga act transforming our action our work our duty into union mm-hmm. so karma yoga action union yoga yes. yeah that. and so we left off on text 18 right yes <laughs> this, <laughs> this is was like a bit of a tongue twister yeah. tongue twister we i think we did a pretty good job of explaining it but we're gonna kind of go back and um get a little bit further into it maybe clarify it again can we just say that line again i love that line oh wait shelly shows details by the she sure invocation first though yeah, why don't we do invocation oh, yeah. and then, and then jump we'll jump into right text 18. All righty. All right, ladies. <clears throat> Go ahead. Oma jnana timirandasya jnana shalakaya shakshurun militam yena dasmai shri gurave namaha. Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances onto him. Every time you say the translation, it reminds me of the, oh, what's it called? The the formula that we came up with a while ago, mm. which was duty, 
duty. Or, <laughs> sorry, I just wanted to say duty really loud. Sorry. Yeah, it was, it was knowledge, yeah. which we're studying the Gita here. So that's number one, knowledge. Plus number two, devotion or your sentiment, your feeling. Plus number three, which we added this component later on, was doing your duty, doing your dharma. All of chapter three was about whether it's your eternal dharma through bhakti yoga or your temporary dharma through karma yoga, transforming your job, whatever it might be in the moment, that temporary dharma to Krishna. So if you can apply those three components, your spiritual master, Krishna within your heart, will go guiding you with the torch of knowledge right back to him he's just waiting there at the end of the road with open arms mic drop <laughs> that was beautiful oh, thank you thank you, you know explained. i actually really love how you explain temporary uh dharma like i i never thought about it that way but it's like your job in earth and then your job as like an ever existing soul and i think that's so cool to think about like two kind of things that we have to balance because right. the reality is we do live here we still have to you know, have a job, eat, we got to do all this life. stuff, yes. but we still can connect it to Krishna and we can still think about like our ultimate goal. Right, right. All right, who wants to take a, take a stab at chapter four, text 18 again? <laughs> okay. Well, do you want to do a Shamali? I can read it. And then we had beautifully, I can, I think, explained it last time, which we can dip Use into commas, okay. Use commas. Alrighty, alrighty. Okay. <laughs> so one who sees in action, space, in action, comma, <laughs> and action, space, in Inaction is intelligent among men, and he is the trans in the transcendental position, although engaged in all sorts of activities. Wait, can we like so, actually? I mean, can we rewrite that and, and put different words there? Yeah. So if one because can I see, feel like even if we read it slowly, it's still a confusing sentence. Yes, I'm going to add the word within. I think that'll make a difference. So if one can see inaction within action. And action within inaction. <laughs> Does <Yes>. that help? <laughs> it makes it better, but I still think we can do something different. What if like, we put karma? Like, what if we just, like, say, like, one who sees doing nothing. Yes. Yeah, go, okay. go, 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 uh, You go, know go, what I mean? It, like, do just, do like, it. break it real down. Do it. One who sees doing nothing as an action. Yeah. And an action as doing nothing is intelligent amongst men. Yes. And he is transcendental. He's in the transcendental position, although engaged in all kinds of activities. So this is right. Exactly. This action is, is referring to karma as we had last explained, because yes. karma is a cycle of action. You're doing something, you're receiving something. Action, just, reaction, action, action, reaction, action, reaction, action, reaction, action, reaction. It's Newton's third law of physics, right? Exactly. For every action, there's, there's an, an opposite, opposite and an opposite equal reaction. reaction. <laughs> sure. That was so close. You guys almost <laughs> said the same thing at the same time. Um, I, I got to say this and maybe you guys uh, have an opposite uh, thought process, but we did such a good job explaining it last time. I almost don't want to explain it again. <laughs> That's fair. Um, That's fair. But uh, so if you're interested, Reference go check out episode. the previous episode. <laughs> okay. and, and we should just keep moving forward. All right. Sounds good. Text number 19, Priyadarshini. All right. One is understood to be in full knowledge whose every endeavor is devoid of desire for sense gratification. He is said by sages to be a worker for whom the reactions of work have been burnt up by the fire of perfect knowledge. Okay, mm. let's break that down. One who is understood to be in full knowledge. So understands the Gita, understands that Krishna is the creator, understands that what is soul, going on. Understands our eternal, yes. uh, eternal purpose. Yes. And right. whose every endeavor, so everything that they do, they don't care about the results. They don't care about the sense gratification. Yeah. That they also kind of don't care. It's like, it's like a true selfless act, right? Yes. Have you, right. I mean, do you guys watch Friends? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Do you guys remember that episode where Phoebe's trying to prove that uh, there is a selfless action? 
And yeah, so she more. she goes around trying to do selfless acts. And it's like, um, because Joey makes a comment about, like, well, don't you feel good when you do, like, like you donate money, right? Oh, yeah. because she hated, I think, PBS or something. See, okay. Yeah, PBS, a kid's channel, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. So she hated them. And so Joey's like, oh, yeah, you, she did something nice. And he's like, well, you can't do something nice and not love it. And she's like, well, then I'll donate to them because I hate them. And then that will be a selfless action, right? <laughs> so she donates. And then he's like, well... Then she was celebrating afterwards as she donated and she felt so good. And he's like, oh, you feel good about it. So it's not really selfless. You still get some sort of enjoyment out of this. Right. And she's like going crazy because she's like, there has to be a selfless action. So she goes and uh, gets stung by a bee on purpose. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and then she comes back and then uh, she was like, I did it. I found a selfless action. I let the bee sting me. And then someone was like, um... The pee dies afterwards, <laughs> and also like what? So basically, she couldn't find herself. Like there, mm. everything had a little bit of a sense gratification right. afterwards. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like a like a stepping stones. Like okay, at first you might do it because it feels good, but we want to try to strive to get to the point where it's yeah. really ultimately we're doing it for the pleasure of the Lord. Yes, and, and you know, it's so hard. So yeah. Yeah. Good. They, I mean, uh-oh. I was just going to say, like, along the lines of what you're saying, I think it, it very much says not to be a pretender in the Bhagavad Gita, right? So it's like going in and being like, I'm going to do everything and not enjoy anything. That's right. unrealistic. And yeah. like, that's not the place where you should be. We take one step at a time, but we're working towards a place where not everything is for ourselves and our enjoyment. Right, right. right. And they say like a mother's love to her child, her children is the most selfless, mm. almost pure godlike form of love because... I, I can guarantee you all the moms out there must know that taking <laughs> care of your children who might never say thank you, for example, it's yes. not going to always bring you pleasure, but you do it out of your duty. And the mother, I'm sure, finds love and satisfaction within that. And, you know, I was thinking about that, even even connecting it to your own your own spiritual practices, you know, your own sadhana, as we call it, your little time that you dedicate in the day to spiritual practice. I had a conversation with my dad the other day that, you know, through different moments in life, you're going to be maybe more overwhelmed, less overwhelmed. So you'll be able to taste the the nectar, the joy of doing spiritual sadhana, spiritual practice, spiritual service, you'll be able to taste it at different varying degrees until you get to a point maybe where you're very elevated, that you're tasting that joy all the time. But till then, my dad was saying, it's not just about, don't rely on the feeling, because if you just rely on the feeling, feelings come and go. Mm. And one day what will happen when you're chanting rounds or meditating and you don't have a feeling, are you just going to quit? Mm. So it's about the consistency and the, the, uh, commitment to it. So I'm committed and it goes way beyond a feeling. Now, beautiful. If you're always feeling it, that's great, but that's not, that shouldn't be the end all be all. It's out of something even greater than yourself. It's not about the little feeling or as, as Priya had mentioned in Phoebe's story, it's not just about the feeling you get. It's something much beyond that. It's something way more selfless than that. Yeah. Gotcha. Coming back to the verse for the second, right? So one is like one who is understood to be in full knowledge. So understands all the things that we just talked about, understands Krishna, understanding that everything that we do is supposed to be for Krishna, right? He is said by the sages to be a worker for whom the reactions of work. So we've heard of karma, right? What do we take with us when we die? We take our spiritual knowledge, the progress that we've made, we've take, we also take our good and our bad karma, right? right. So Krishna's also addressing this. He also says like the reactions of our work, the reactions of our karma are burned up, which right. means, which is a good thing. It's a great it's thing. It's a good thing. It's right? like the bondage thing we were talking about yes. and all the lines that are kind of keeping us tied yes. to this material world. 
We're burning mm-hmm. them if we're... Yes, because if our karma is burning up, then we have less and less lifetimes to go through, right? Yeah. So that's why burning karma is actually a really, really good thing. It says our the reactions of work have been burned up by the fire of perfect knowledge. So the more knowledge that we have, the more we go deeper and deeper into our spiritual life, we are actually burning both good and bad mm. karma, which is perfect for yeah. us to get out of the rat race. And you might think like, why do we want to burn good karma? Yeah, But it's again question. the same thing. Like you were saying, anything brings us back. These are all kind of things that bring us back to the material world. If you collect a bunch of good karma, that might mean you donate a lot to charities. Yes. You do a lot of volunteering. You're a very kind, compassionate person. You can do all these things and then you'll be born again, maybe in a you, wealthy you family. You'll be right. Kim Kardashian. And you'll be Bill Gates. Whatever be, it might like, be, right? You, you will have to get that good karma, but it doesn't mean that you'll be happy, right? You right, still have to right. suffer, right? You still have to. And then you create more work. So ultimately oh, well. they're saying like Krishna consciousness is like a way to burn up all of this work that you create and the process of doing that is through understanding that this is not for sense gratification, yes. right? Right. And dipping into the purport, talking about like burning up the reaction of our work by perfect knowledge. What is perfect knowledge? It says perfect knowledge is understanding our constitutional position as the eternal servitor of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Basically meaning that we're eternally servants of Krishna. We're yeah. doing this for Krishna. And you know, they bring this point up as the last line of text 18. Also, the sense of eternal servitorship to Krishna makes one immune to all sorts of reactionary elements of work. So just understand this as a guiding principle super clearly that we're eternally servants of Krishna is in all senses going to free you from the reactions of good and bad work is going to give you this perfect knowledge so that it can be a compass that guides all other activities will just fall into place because I know this goes beyond myself yeah and perfect knowledge sorry and perfect knowledge is exactly what every single one of you are are doing right now what you're pursuing as our listeners to this podcast perfect knowledge is this book right Right. is Krishna's teaching in this book so kudos to you guys (laughs) for getting on the path of perfect knowledge. Yeah, (laughs) and and I think to address uh, what Shamali was saying also in terms of like, we want to be Krishna's servant and that's like our ultimate position. Yeah. Um, I know that some people might think, but why, right? And, And we talked a little bit about this in the previous chapters and how like, if you're not serving Krishna, you're serving someone else. Like at the end of the day, we were serving our bosses, we're serving our fathers, we're serving our mothers. And Krishna really like... You know, you have to develop the faith, but Krishna has our best interest in mind. He's our, you know, he loves us. He wants the best for us. And he knows that this material world is just full of suffering and wants us to get out of here. But I also don't want there to be a mindset of like, like we have to serve Krishna because we're serving somebody else. It's like, we might as well serve Krishna. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't want that to be that. I, I want everyone to like take, um like a step towards this relationship and see how it makes you feel, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that everyone's spiritual path is different. And I think people should resonate with the spiritual path that makes them feel the most connected to something higher yes, than themselves. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I grew up around so many people in the movement that maybe through their parents or, or whatever adult figures had this forced upon them. Mm. And if it's shoved down your throat, you rebel and nope, it's like the no opposite. Thank no, thank you. You. Yeah, no, yeah. Thank you, but no, thank you. My parents always like promoted this to me is something that this is a personal loving relationship with God, with Krishna that you're trying to establish. And that has to come from your heart. You need to take the first step to it. And when you have that space, 
you will automatically on your own then come to it with so much of a different mood than if it's something forced on it's you. It's like, don't knock it till you try it, right? <laughs> yes. Like learning how to chant, learning how to meditate, learning how to do yoga, learning how the Gita, like learning how to build that spiritual relationship and then right. see how you feel. Well, that's why even Krishna says only one in a million people really try to know me, to come towards mm. me because he doesn't force this on you. It's, it's a loving relationship that he wants and he wants that spontaneous love. He doesn't yeah. want you have to free do will. It. Yeah, exactly. We have free will. Yeah. It's not just our duty. I mean, it, it should be, but it should be from love. Yeah. And nobody wants, like exactly what you just said. It's like, no one wants forced love, right? Christian right. is even like, don't force your love. It has to come naturally, right? right. Everyone's like, well, no, I, want, I don't, if someone's like, oh, they love you, but they're forced to love you. I was like, I don't want that love. <laughs> right. yeah. It's my That's duty awkward. to love you, wifey. No. I know. It's an awkward <laughs> type of love. And Christian doesn't want that. So everyone has the free will to choose how to love Right. Yeah. The good Lord. So text 20. Yes. All right. Text Shama. 20. Abandoning all attachment to the results of his activities, ever satisfied and independent, he performs no fruit of action, although engaged in all kinds of undertakings. So let's remember this is Krishna now talking, right? Yes. To Arjuna. Now, abandoning all attachment to the results of his activities. Like, okay. that's hard, right? So, for yeah. instance, like, I did a comedy show last Woo-hoo. night. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you for attending. <laughs> um, I did a comedy show last night. And, like, for me to be not attached to my activities is Oof. so difficult, right? You put so much work it's into so it. so much work into it, right? But at the, at the end of the day... All I can control is how well I write my jokes, how well I deliver my jokes. But the moment the joke leaves my lips, I cannot have attachment to it, right? And that's yeah. what Chris is saying right now is like abandoning all attachment to the results right. of what you do, right? And it's I, so hard. Can I say, I mean, I don't know because I'm not a comedian, but like it probably kills your spirit if you are attached to the results because you put so much effort into this one joke and yes. then you're like, you're like waiting and like, it's like the reaction is what fuels the next joke, but what if the reaction isn't what you expected yeah, right. and like yeah. all of that? So it's like Krishna's like, listen, this is this is the truth of life. I like, think it's almost two part. It's being attached to the result and also seeing that not attached to the result. Well, that too. Okay, three parts. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, wait, what? I was <laughs> gonna say also seeing that all of your gifts and attributes and qualities come from him, and it yes. can be a symbol of a mind sh- shift. As instead of oh, look at me, I'm so good. You could see it as Shama. You could see. Krishna gave me this gift, this ability to speak, to connect with people, to be funny, to through humor, shed light on important issues. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use that in service. So you see yourself as this is something Krishna has given me rather than I'm so good. I Mm. have these qualities. Yeah, you can. We're not blind. We see what qualities we have. And it's good to know yourself. I have these qualities, but where did they come from? Yes, that's awesome. That's being grateful, right? Right. 100%. We've talked about this before. So abandoning all attachment to the results of his activities. Therefore, essentially, this person performs no fruit of actions. So basically that notion of a karma, right? Like not inducing more karma. Right. But it's all about abandoning your attachment to things. Yeah. It's like, it's basically just saying like someone who lives their everyday life, but is not attached to what happens after they put their work. And you know, they're doing good. If it feels like such a heavy concept, really in the purport, there's one line that I love about being detached. It says a Krishna conscious person acts out of pure love for the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And therefore he has no attraction for the result of the action. Because like it, it really is, we're in touch with this even deeper feeling of love towards Krishna that good, bad, who's to say, whatever Mm. the result is, I'm connected to a reservoir, a fountain of love within my heart that that comes from divinity that's so much higher than recognition, than praise, yes. than all of that. Yeah, we should that. just, it says here, he does his duty to the best of his ability yeah. and leaves everything to Krishna. 
So, right, like all of us, if we just do our duty to the best of our ability and leave the results to Krishna, we're like on the right path. The yeah. next line, Priya, right after what you read, mm. such an unattached person is always free from the resultant reactions of good and bad. It is as though he were not doing anything. Ooh, which I comes back to the action that. and action, yes, action, and action. Action, 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 action. Yeah. <laughs> he, and, and you know, that comes back to so many little things come back in that line. It is as though he were not doing anything because there was one part that talked about Krishna illuminating when we can just kind of, as I visualize it, put your head down, be detached from the results. Don't see yourself as a doer. There was a line that said, Krishna will illuminate and work through you. So it is as if you're not doing anything, you know? Mm. Mm. I love that. Text right. 21. Yes. 21. Okay. Such a man of understanding acts with mind and intelligence, perfectly controlled, gives up all sense of proprietorship over his possessions, and acts only for his bare necessities of life. Thus working, he is not affected by any sinful reactions. Ah, this is mm. the beauty of like the simple living, higher thinking, Ooh. right? Mm. We are so attached in modern day society to our home, our car, our wife. Like I just like, just like so many things that we think we have control over, whether it's material yeah. possessions or even like our talents, right? We're like, oh my God, I'm such a great singer or I'm such a great this, right. you know, once you give up this sense of proprietorship, that is when you are living like a higher thinking type yeah. of life, you know? Yeah. I remember when we got our home, um, I remember telling Abhijit like, oh, we're just, we're getting this home so we could have friends over, we can do service for them. Like, that's like our goal, right? And uh, like, I, I felt it in my heart, but then Krishna was like, oh yeah, that's what you okay, okay, I hear you. <laughs> Literally from the moment that happened, every weekend there was someone in our home. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it was for weeks at a time, sometimes for months at yes. a time. And we and actually, you had to serve it, Krishna yeah. was like, oh, I'm going to call your bluff. Are you really, did you really buy your home for service? Yes. <laughs> but the intention, right, was like, this is not really ours. It, it was given through Krishna's blessings yes. and like, you know. Him giving us the ability mm -hmm. to be able to, can, everything connected, yeah. right? You know, all of our material possessions, all of our talents, I love everything. that, Priya, because it gives an image of, Krishna also is a jokester. He's very like, <laughs> he he sets up situations in life that if you can take it with a little humor, oh, it yes. all becomes lighter. Yeah. You're like, oh. ah, Krishna, you're, this is a good one. Okay. Krishna's the ultimate, ultimate comedian. You I, know? Was like, 100%. I was like, okay, can we have one weekend to ourselves, Krishna? Please, <laughs> just one weekend. <laughs> you know, we have a friend that I still never forget this moment. He, I was going, there's a temple here in Los Angeles where you can go and it's a center where they all practice this bhakti yoga philosophy. And we have a friend of ours that one day I was walking into the temple and I see him walking with a bouquet of roses. And I'm like, oh, what's, what's that for? And he's like, this is for Krishna. He's been playing with me. He's really been messing with me lately. I, I want to give him some flowers and be like, please, Krishna, please stop this Knock right now. Knock it off, Krishna. Knock it off. <laughs> I, I want to touch on this one point in, so in the funny. verse that says, yeah. um, someone who acts only for the bare necessities of life. And mm. I, I, I think that's important to talk about like this minimalistic type of living, right? Mm. Because everyone thinks that we need this and we need this and we need like <laughs> these 75 Amazon packages to come to our house. Yeah, no, we don't you? need any. Yes, yeah, a little bit, okay, you know, a little, a little bit. bit. Retail therapy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but we don't actually need all those Amazon packages. It's like, it's like working only for the bare necessities of life and we don't really need a lot to yeah. survive. And the moment that we realize that, it, life becomes so much more simpler. You know? yeah. Oh my God. I actually, um, it, when we went to India last year, for a short time, actually, it was only two weeks. And uh, 
the lifestyle it's so much simpler it's yes. just the reality it's not a consumerism kind of place it's mm-hmm. not and a so, place for capitalistic chat it's huh? not really <laughs> for capitalistic chat at all and so um you it's you literally just live your life very simply you have all the things you need and that's sort of it and i got so used to it when i came back um i don't know if you guys have already told you the story but i came back and i was having an existential crisis yes. i was like why do i live here it's, it feels so much more in complicated yeah. in America. Yeah. Why do I live in America? It feels so much more complicated to exist. Oof. Everything there was so simple. You just, you know, like your life, it, it, I, if I could just explain it. A like day what in was my your life, day like? What was your day? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it will sound silly, but a day in my life is I just wake up. I, you know, spend time with family, have breakfast, go to the temple, see the deities. And then we could just like sightsee the areas. We went to play with the cows mm. for a little bit. We yeah, looked like to cows the and monkeys roaming all over for anyone yeah. who's not been there. We went. Yeah, that's true. There's cows, dogs. There's all <laughs> kinds of animals everywhere. Yeah. Um, but we just, we went to the market, we bought whatever we needed, we came back, we cooked. It was just so simple. I can't even explain what makes such a big difference. I think it's the mindset here that we need Netflix, we need uh, yes. the new shoes, we need this, we need that. It's it's this, there's no such thing there. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least not from what I experienced. And I came back and I was I called a friend and I was like, please remind me why I like living here. <laughs> I cannot remember. And, lo- so yeah. and Los Angeles is the heart of it. You know how many billboards, you go down on Sunset Boulevard, you know how many billboards you see? Oh like my God. literally dozens yeah. upon yes. dozens. Well, and all either. these possessions end up becoming just mental and physical clutter that yes. weigh you oh down. Yes. So in a way, there's this spiritual teacher in our line also that talks about you have to set up your material life in a way that you can have that simplistic living and time to spend to spiritual life. Because yes. if you don't have the time, well, I mean. I love that you mentioned like spiritual and mental clutter, yeah, right? This verse talks about cleaning things up, right? Literally the bare necessities of life and then cleaning out literally your closet and your uh-huh. mind at the same time. <laughs> right, you know? right. You know, there's one part of the purport I want to read and let me give context because yes. I think that people in spiritual people, when they reach such a high, high level, and I'm thinking of all of our spiritual masters, our teachers for all of us here, They're on such a level that moment to moment, they are letting Krishna work through them. So their words, their actions, every single moment is inspired by the super soul, by Krishna within their heart. They're trying to be a direct medium for letting his words and work, work, not his words work through them. And there's one part of the purport that kind of plays on that a little that I want to read. Um, it says, he knows that because he is part and parcel of the Supreme, the part played by him as a part and parcel of the whole is not his own activity, but is only being done through him by the Supreme. When the hand moves, it does not move out of its own accord, but by the endeavor of the whole body. So therefore, a Krishna conscious person is always dovetailed with the Supreme desire. So when I read that, that felt really powerful to me because I imagined all people that are in, honestly, in any religious path. Think of someone who's really enlightened and they're in direct communication with God, with Krishna in this case, because they are directly a medium, a channel for God to work through them. Like, you know, I, I watched a lecture the other day of my spiritual master. And at one point he closed his eyes and I could tell he was just really directly connected to the super soul. And he started speaking and I was like, wow, it was really powerful. And you could tell those words are coming from spontaneous inspiration from Krishna within his heart. It's trying to let, like it says, when your hand moves, you're trying to move moment to moment inspired by the Lord. What does the Lord want me to say in this moment? Mm. Ooh, beautiful. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. That's awesome. There's that was a weird sm- sound I made, but that was great. That was really nice. I really I enjoyed that. that <laughs> but that was I, that was a great point. That was great. Very sweet. Um, there's also this thing here. It says a Krishna conscious person fully engaged in self-realization has very little time to falsely possess any material object. And that's honestly what I saw in India. Mm. the devotees that lived a very like Krishna conscious life because the thing is you can be in Krishna consciousness and be still beginning right like still be working towards it but these devotees like their whole life is Krishna conscious every restaurant is owned by a devotee right like you just you eat out and you know that there's no karma attached to what you're eating and they offer the food everything's offered to Krishna right everything you can do there it's kind of pushed to a transcendental level so their lives they don't even have time to think about possessing material things right that's the thing it's all connected you know we're going through chapter by chapter it might get very feel very heavy and convoluted but it's all a roadmap where one point is leading you to the next to the next and it's all basically to cleanse your heart and mind and declutter and not feel like you're the owner of everything and basically so you allow krishna to work through you i'm a servant and his magic is working through me on a moment-to-moment basis yes Yes, yes, yes. You know, I want to quickly take one moment, two seconds to rectify one thing I said a couple episodes ago, because I know what I meant to say, and I don't think I said it clearly. (laughs) I think it came out jumbled up. So there's one line here that it says, the devotees of Lord Krishna are very much attracted by the Sankirtan movement of Lord Chaitanya. So we had said, what is the Sankirtan movement? What are you referencing right now? This is uh, text number eight, the purport of text eight. And I read one line on chapter four. And I read one line that I wanted to just clarify because it said, This avatar of the Lord does not kill the miscreants, but delivers them by his causeless mercy. And I think I made it confusing when I meant, I meant Lord Chaitanya, that avatar does not, is not here to kill the devotee. (laughs) (laughs) Rewind, rewind to kill the miscreants. Uh, Krishna does come to deliver like the evil and all that. And that's why there's a whole war going on right right, now. But Lord Chaitanya is the avatar that's all about love and mercy to his devotees through the Sankirtan movement, which is chanting Krishna's names. Cool. So Thank that you. was all I wanted to Thank clarify. Thank you for that clarification. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> for a second, I almost made it worse. That's <laughs> okay. All right, text number 22, chapter four. All right, that's me, yeah? Yeah. He who is satisfied with gain, which comes of its own accord, who is free from duality and does not envy, who is steady in both success and failure, is never entangled, although performing actions. Ooh, mm. can I call a cult golden nugget moment? Can we say it, guys? Golden, golden nugget! Okay, so this verse is so beautiful, okay? <laughs> Chapter 4, text number 22. This is a checklist. If you ever wanted yeah. a spiritual checklist, mm. here is a really good one, okay? So he who is satisfied with gain, which comes of its own accord, right? So when mm. someone what gives, does that mean? gives you something, yes. uh, when you... Or if you're like, you're you're trying to be a stand-up comedian, right? And like, you're not trying to get any awards or something. It's just like, you're just satisfied whether things happen you're or things don't happen. You're just doing your job and letting it kind of, yeah. Yes. That's so important. Doing not being your, attached. Right, not right. Not being attached. And comes of its own accord is key because we're, we're as beings, we can, by nature, we're insatiable. We want more. I want this. I want that. Mm. And the second we get more, we want more. Oh, that's an interesting point. Kind of like the person who just does a really good job at their corporate career and mm-hmm. they get a promotion they weren't just gunning for the promotion and like oh my god i have to have it because yes. i want more money under it not right. that person but the person who's just working hard doing their job and then being seen and rewarded for that yes. right and that's another Love key that. point working hard because that's part of the equation you can't just sit on the couch and then expect good things to come to you krishna right. will help those who help themselves so part of it is doing your dharma doing your duty but then let krishna take you where it's meant to go yeah so Love that. those okay. uh, who are satisfied with gain which comes from its 
of its own accord. So we, we just talked about that. Yeah. The next part is who is free from duality, okay? So this is things like success, failure. failure like hot, hot, cold, cold, happy, sad. Yes, yeah, all like, it's like cold outside, now I'm sad. It's like warm outside, mm-hmm. and now I'm also sad. It's like 100 degrees in but, LA right now. <laughs> so like, who is free from duality? Because this world is always changing. Right, right? and if we wait till the external circumstances are going to be just right and perfect, you're going to be miserable your whole life. Yes. They're always going to be changing. Mm-hmm. So we have to be equable. Poised, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the next part is who does not envy? Mm-hmm. That is a big Ooh. one. Can we yeah. talk about that for a second? Because, yes. and I want to know your perspective, Shelly, because you're not on social media. And I feel <laughs> like being on social media causes so much envy. And I'm mm. someone who's Krishna conscious, right? And like, I'm, I've been following this path for a really long time, but it's still like comparison is so big, yeah. especially on social media, especially on Instagram, TikTok. Everyone's oh, yeah. having these perfect lives of like vacations and mimosas and like the perfect relationships. <laughs> like, just like everyone is like trying to portray this like perfect life, right? Right. It's almost impossible to like, like it's hard to you're scrolling through Instagram. I haven't done it in years, but you're seeing different profiles. Yes. And like you say, you inevitably compare. You're gonna see this person yes. is that, this person's yeah. doing that. And you become inundated by all these heavy feelings, and all of a sudden you're hankering for why don't mm-hmm. I have this and I yeah. have that. Yeah. And so like my question to you is like, do you find that without social media, you're finding yourself less and less envious? Mm. Yeah, I think. Two things. Number one, yeah, without social media, it automatically creates a platform where I'm directly engaging with my reality is what's in front of me, the Mm. people in front of me, Mm. what I'm doing here. I'm now with you guys in the podcast. And when I check my phone, there's not really almost this portal to a whole other world that doesn't exist. It's not there. It's (laughs) it's gone. I don't have access to a a thousand other people. Some who I might not even know, you know, you go through the loops of Instagram that how did I end up on this random person's page? Who is this person? (laughs) So you don't have that portal. That's not there. So that's canceled. So when I go on my phone, it's things directly connected to what I'm dealing with in my present, in my reality. So in that sense, yeah, I set up kind of my life in that way where I'm dealing with what's in front of me. But also for most people who do have social media, my second point was going to be, it's also an internal state. You can definitely monitor what you put your attention to. Mm. Isn't there a little saying where the attention goes, the energy flows? Yes. So I'm going to put my attention into things that are going to benefit me. So if some people use social media to stay connected with family, do that. But try not to then let your, you might get distracted for a second, but be aware of how long are you putting and investing your energy to? Shamley, I am so envious of your lack of envy. <laughs> like, oh, so envious. And you say that with a big lighthearted smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> but I love that. That's so beautiful. It's like you don't you don't give yourself access to that portal because that portal right. can be so detrimental, you know? I, like, right. yeah. I have a question for you. So like, I mean, I think you live a pretty exciting life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. you've traveled, you've done a lot of things. So yes. like for you, what is that experience like? Because I think we may be all have different experiences when you look at instagram and you see someone traveling to a place do you feel like well i haven't been to that one yet hundred percent yes hundred percent like just like looking at people like i'm a big traveler right like it's like there's if there is these beautiful i love luxury travel too it's like not a great (laughs) spiritual person thing to do but i love luxury i have a venus a very strong venus my natal chart okay like that's completely (laughs) different irrelevant but i love luxury travel so i'm like seeing these people especially on tiktok there's especially a lot of luxury travelers on tiktok and they like talk about all of these like first class planes that they're 
on mm. or like they've been to like Bora Bora and like all these places that I mm. still want to go right I see, I see, and it's I see. like I need to refrain like I need to be like okay good for that person I'm sending good positive right. love yeah. and light to that person maybe going there is not in my karma in this lifetime and that's okay that's where I need to start detaching but yeah it is so hard also but- like maybe like a, what based on what Shamali was saying too like we can kind of repurpose our social media to yeah. be helpful mm. to us so like for I, I know like for our dear producer Sir Lord Abhijit, Sir Abhijit and he um, hates that name by the way <laughs> my husband uh, <laughs> uh, he a lot of his social media a lot of his like in general like online world is like learning recipes or learning lo- knowledge in general right. right so like that's a great way like well, connecting it to whatever it is that you're interested in but in a learning source like maybe for you Shama Sankita is having a bunch of comedians yeah Yes. Mm-hmm. You know Something what I mean? to inspire me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. People that inspire you, people that you can learn from, like kind of targeting it at what it is that you kind of want and then kind of putting it in that way, right. Uh, right. shifting it. Because the reality is we do live in this world and yes. some of us kind of have to have social media or yeah. right. whatever it might be. And detoxifying from people that are not good for your mental health. Yeah. That is also really, really important. And I think it's important to remember we're all at different phases and different chapters of our life. So like looking back a few years ago, I was traveling a lot more than I am right now. But if I were on social media constantly comparing, it might feel, I don't know, a little detrimental. So I know that even within all of us, within our own lives, there's different phases where we might do some Something more than another and I just must say it's so funny now that I'm off social media like the other day I was at the beach with my family and I think this is a side of don't let this happen because when your whole focus becomes the image on social media because yes. I saw next to us was this one girl that she was taking a ton of pictures she could tell she was maybe like an Instagram model or something but the second she put her phone down and stopped taking pictures she looked miserable she was like just looking into the ocean like meh okay oh I'm done gosh. here my job's here done and I was like running hair wild in my face with my parents getting you in the water like I was trying to enjoy yeah. the moment there and create an yeah. experience out of the moment rather than the moment all is for my views and my image that I'm putting out there Love yeah that. for me I gotta say I'm not saying that I've never been envious of like social media but it's I don't know it's not something that personally affects me as much I think right. for me it's like I've met people in real life that I'm like wow you have had the life that I wish I had had Mm. Uh, like, what do you mean? I mean, I, I've had this conversation with you, Shamas and Kita, yeah. before. There was this one girl, and she, she I know that I'm talking about her. Um, there's this one girl who, like, I didn't know that well, but we met, and she, like, married her high school sweetheart. I don't know, maybe middle school sweetheart. Right, right, I don't right. know. Like, married her long best friend kind of situation. Yeah. She was studying graphic design when I was studying graphic design, but she stuck with it, whereas I switched out of yeah. it. And, uh, you know, devotees. So, like, still leaving that. She was a, she does a kirtan. Like, yeah. she's a singer and she has a beautiful voice. And, like, all these things that she had a kid, like, two years after getting married. Like, all these things that I had previously programmed in my mind that I kind of wanted my life to right. be like. She was excelling at yeah. every single one of them. And I was just like... I want to be your friend, but I also just, why are you so great? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't help yeah. th- like this feeling, yes. right? And now though, like now I think, you know, done some work getting, trying to figure out that the reality is it's inside, right? We have to yes. figure out inside what it is, right. like what it is. We have to be okay with where we are now and the services that we're doing in our life, right? And like just kind of focus. Um, and now I look at her and I'm like, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, it took a long great. time though. And it is hard. 
Um, love and light and just detaching yeah. because the grass is never greener, right? Mm-hmm. If we're all yes. you never world. know what someone's feeling inside. Yes. You yes. Just have yes. absolutely nothing and be the happiest person in the world and My have goodness. everything yep. on the outside and be miserable. Yeah. Yes, or yes. vice versa. And just yeah. yeah, and just wrapping up this verse. So we talked about that. And then who is studying both success and failure? We talked about this already, right? No matter whether there's good things that happen in our life or bad things, right? Equipoise. Never, right. Yeah, equipoise. Right. There's part of tying that into part of the purport that says, "For the service of the Lord, one can participate in." any kind of action without being disturbed by the duality of the world, which we said is felt in terms of heat, cold, misery, happiness. So a Krishna conscious person is above that duality. We're steady in both success and failure. And the last line, these signs are visible when one is fully fixed in transcendental knowledge. Boom, that boom, helps, boom. Yeah, that helps you be fixed. <laughs> yes, and that is a lot of a like a lot of what you need for chapter four is in text 22. If you want a mm-hmm. spiritual checklist, here it is. That was your... Golden Nuggets! (laughs) (laughs) And that wraps up this episode. Please join us again for chapter four, text number 23. Boom shakalaka. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you guys soon. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Hello, beautiful souls. If you like what you're hearing, please follow us on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast. And if you love what you're hearing, please make sure to share a link to our podcast at Modern Yogi Podcast with all your friends, families, and long lost cousins. And if you have any questions at all, send us a DM on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you. Thank you for listening to The, the Modern, Modern Yogi. Yogi.